before I start working with a client, I whiteboard like, what do they love? Like, what would they love to talk about all day long? What would they enjoy talking about all day long? And you know, there's, there's things that people say you should avoid, religion and politics. And I think you can find a niche that's big enough in any market to talk about whatever it is that makes you tick. I think it's important that we share that. And like today, I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm just gonna be me and let whatever flows flow. What's up? Welcome back. My name is Vikram Deol and I'm going to drink my, oh, I got to take, can't show that. You know, only reason I drink this coffee is because it's the only coffee that's decaf. And my espresso machine that I bought out here in Medellin, Colombia, check this out. All right. I bought an espresso machine. It was like 60 bucks. Right. But you know, I thought that was like a good price out here. My assistant looked at me. She's like, how much was your espresso machine? I was like 60 bucks. I think it's just me drinking it. It's not like I need anything fancy. And when I leave here, I'm going to end up giving it away to somebody so like, why do I need like a $300 espresso machine? That'll make no sense. And she looks at me, she's like, that was cheap. Well, check this out. Our espresso machine, somehow or the other, sucked the milk and coffee up back into the machine. And now the water's coming out all grimy and dirty. And I was like, well, that was a, that was a bummer. I was like, you think I can return it? She's like, oh, they don't take things back here in Colombia. So I was like, great. Now I'm down 60 bucks and I don't have an espresso machine. And I got to buy another brand of coffee that I don't love instead of drinking my good coffee at home. It's, it's a shame. It's a shame. It's a shame. Anyways, yes, I was, uh, I was consuming some content and I, I like, I, I, I curate my content. I only listen to a couple of people and I was listening to Alex Ramosi. I, I think Alex Ramosi is a really cool, genuine dude. And when I was listening to Alex this morning, he was talking about like making content that you love, right? Like there's real estate channels out there and all they talk about is real estate. You don't really know anything about the person. There's other channels where all you know is about their personal life and you don't know nothing about the person. And I think there's a blend, right? I think there's a blend. I think there's a blend between who you are as a human, who you are as an entrepreneur and who you are as just like a regular type of person, right? Like, so what are the things that you love doing? Like Cody and I uh, were interviewing somebody on the RE Agent podcast. That's our, our real estate channel. We were talking to him. His name is Cameron Gray. Super cool dude. He has a media company called Gray Media. You guys should totally check him out if you're really, really looking to go deep into media. And he goes, you know, before I start working with a client, I whiteboard, like, what do they love? Like, what would they love to talk about all day long? What would they enjoy talking about all day long? And, you know, there's, there's things that people say you should avoid religion and politics. And I don't know, like, I don't know. Like, I think, I think you can find a niche that's big enough in any market to talk about anything you want. Because if you think about it, like you're not trying to take the whole market, right? You're not like Amazon that's trying to put every small business out of business. You're trying to get like a small percentage of that market. So maybe you really relate to people that love talking about politics, right? Maybe you really relate to people who love talking about health. Maybe you really relate to people who love talking about guns and cars, or they love talking about food, or they're vegan, or they're a carnivore, right? Like, Whatever it is that makes you tick, I think it's important that we share that, right? And like the last three months, I, I've kind of gotten away from sharing about my personal stuff. I was really focused heavy on, on work and, you know, and then I was like, ah, you know, I love the content, but I was having a problem turning on the camera. And like today I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm just going to be me and let whatever flows flow, right? Like I'm just going to let the things that I love to do flow. 
And I'll tell you, there was a story. I used to own a couple of Ryzen stores um, with my brothers uh, or my older brother and my dad. And then um, I bought one on my own and left the family business. That's probably another great story for another day. Who knows? Maybe it'll show up here. But I remember there was this guy, right? And he would open up these cell phone stores, get them up and running, and then he would sell them. And that was his thing. And he would sell them and he would sell them. And he would he would provide like these franchise stores. You could buy any phone you wanted that was compatible with the network. And then you just activate it and throw it on the network. And you would still get paid by the, the carrier because they just want subscription. They don't care the, the device that goes on it. Maybe it's changed now, but this was like 2007, 2006. I don't know, whenever I graduated from college. And we were there one day in this, this guy was selling, like, there, there were these flip phones. There were the LG, LG flip phones. They had like a little display on the front. Maybe you guys had one of those. Um, I think it was, I don't think the antenna came out, but I think it was like, you know, there's this like silver LG phone. I can't remember the name of it. And one day, and these phones were all refurbished. So he'd get these phones for like 40, 50 bucks. He would sell them for like 150 bucks and he was killing it, right? He was making hands and fists full of money. And then he would sell the store three to four months down the road. So he was just crushing it and making all this money. And one day him and I got along. We both smoked weed. We both liked to drink. We both liked to work hard. We both liked entrepreneurial, right? And we both liked to bullshit. So one day this big burly dude shows up. Like he is a country boy. He is a strong man. He drove a big truck. Like you could tell he owned a ranch and he was just a tough guy. And he walked in and he's like, you guys sold me this fucking broken piece of shit phone. And I was like, oh my God, I've never had anybody say that. I was, I was like shaking. I was, you know, 24. 324, maybe something like that, 25, I don't know, probably 23, 24. I was scared, right? I was scared. And he taught me a very important lesson in business. He taught me a very important lesson in life, right? First thing he said was, you know, like he looked at the guy and he's like, he started yelling back, right? Because two angry people, like they, you just, you just don't do that. And he's like, he's like, you're right. This is a shitty phone. And I was like, oh, whoa. He said something like this, right? And the guy was like, kind of like, and then he's like, but then he like calmed the dude down by him being angry and agreeing with the dude. He was able to calm the dude down. Right. And he's like, and then he was like, bro, bro, bro. Right. He like Middle Eastern guy, big dude, you know, smelled like cigarettes. He, bro, bro, bro. He's like, bro, but it's not our fault. Right. Like, so he, 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 agreed that the phone was garbage and he agreed that the phone was having problems, right? We didn't fight that because the phone was broken. Something wasn't wrong. But he's like, bro, bro, bro. But like, we didn't make the phone. He's like, so why are you yelling at this guy? Right? Like I had a couple incidents where his clients came in pissed off because they bought a shitty phone from him. And he happened to be, he was always hanging out with me. Like for six months, he was hanging out with me. I think he ended up having sex with my ex-girlfriend too. I'm not quite sure, but things got really weird between us. But anyways, that. That's another story that we digress on. Um, and <clears throat> while we're there, right? And this guy's like, bro, bro. And the guy's like, yeah, yeah. He's like, bro. And they're, they're, they're both like super loud, right? I'm like, I need to go find a police officer. Like somebody's going to get killed in here. He's like, bro, it's not his fault. He just started working here. He's like, why are you mad at him? And even though my friend owned the store, he wasn't the one who actually sold him this phone at the time. So the guy didn't know who he was. He's like, it's not his fault, bro. It's not his fault. And the guy looked at me and he's like, I'm like this little kid, like looking at this big, like six, two man, like freaking out, like pissing my pants. 
And he's like, it's not his fault, right? So he agreed with him that the phone was garbage, right? He agreed with him that the phone had problems. He agreed with him that there was, there was something there, but then he also was able to get the guy to, right? They're, they met each other where they were at. Like he agreed that there was a problem, that the phone was garbage, right? And then he calmed the guy down and he's like, it's not, he didn't build the phone. He didn't, he didn't say it's not his fault. He's like, bro, he didn't make the phone. Why are you yelling at him? And the guy was like, oh shit. Like, yo, dude, my bad. He's like, yo, my bad, my bad, right? My bad. And he calmed down. And when he calmed down, right? The moment he calmed down, we were able to help him. It was a minor issue with the phone. It's always something small, right? It's always something small. But like, I remember that moment where like they were yelling at each other and it was scary. Like they were like, these are two dudes. Like I know my buddy liked to fight. Like he loved fighting. He would tell me stories about him getting into fist fights, like not that long ago. And I know that this dude would not be scared to hit somebody square in the jaw, right? Like this dude was like, I will fuck you guys up, right? Like that was the attitude that he came in with. But because he met him at the same place, he was able to de-escalate it. And then he said, dude, we didn't build the phone, but if you want our help, like, let's just talk to each other and figure out the problem. Like, let's not come and scream at, and, and it was like a huge life lesson. I don't know if the other dude took home a life lesson, but I took home a life lesson is that when you can learn to de-escalate people, right? There is so much power in learning to de-escalate situations, right? If you're selling real estate, real estate is a very complicated, long drawn out process where you have two agents that typically have highly inflated egos. You have a seller and a buyer who think that you guys are like the realtors are just there to make money. Right. And then you have, uh, so you have emotions left and right. And then you have like a title company, an escrow company, a lending, typically a lending company. Right. And you have an inspector that's got to do his job and you have appraisers and there's just all these opportunities for the deal to go south or for the love to be lost. And if you start yelling and screaming at each other and you don't know how to deescalate the situation. And there are times where the agents I've been in this situation where the other agent is just yelling at us. And the first thing you got to do is you got to validate and acknowledge that they're there, right? You got to acknowledge that they have a problem. I remember this one deal that we had. Um, this other agent came to my open house with the buyer and she put her card, right? This Asian lady, she put her card in every it's a huge house with lots of, you know, this is in Seattle. We had a lot of investors from China coming over. So this particular house was very attractive in its location, its style to the ethnic market, to the Chinese you know, national. And she would put, she came to my open house. She put her card in every single room of my open house. I just happened to be walking in there because I like to listen to what the buyers and the conversations are. So I just happened to be walking through the house and I saw her card in the bedroom, the bathroom, the master, the office, everywhere. I was like, I grabbed all of her cards. And at the end, I just gave them back to her. And I said, this isn't how we do business. And she looked at me and I just said it with a smile, right? But I was fuming inside. I was, I, I wanted to say so much more, but there was no reason for it, right? And I just remember that situation. Hey, there's no reason to escalate things. It's just, I gave them back to her and I just gave her that look like, you know, I said, we don't do business like this. And she looked at me and she was like, oh my God. And guess what? We ended up doing deals together in the future, right? We, but we, we, we had a relationship where she knew she couldn't push over, like push me over, right? And that's something that I learned through business. So what are some of the funny lessons that you've learned? I'd love to hear a comment below. Talk to you soon. Have a great week.